Oh, man. Well, as of this uh, recording, we still don't know who the president of the United States will be. And I'm just going to throw this out there. Jimmy Carter, 2024. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably still kicking. He is. I mean, he will. I mean, he will still. Sorry, I meant to say he will probably still be kicking. And yeah. He'll probably still be working on houses for low income and needy families. Well, this country which, does seem to love really, really old white men as presidents. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, man. I'm staying away. I told you. I couldn't. So you're just reviewing our, our documents and I was a little you know, like fr- frustrated by where some of the sheets were ending up in the set. I was like, well, it just makes no sense that they're here versus there. And they're like, well, but that's where the template is. And I'm like, well, that just doesn't make sense. Because if, you know, you think about like the logical order of how we think about documents from like the the micro vision to the macro vision. And I know I say that at nauseum, you know, quite often. But, you know, it really is. That's the way that we sort of have to look at, you know, these these documents is we want to see the big picture and then zoom in ever so gently to get granular. Right. And to understand how the things are put together. But first, you need to know how they're arranged, what their adjacencies are, what their proximity to other things are, how they interact and interplay with other buildings or you know site amenities or whatever and then you know start to then zoom in a little bit closer and closer and closer and closer and closer to the powers of 10 thing to actually understand how that and so i'm always so and again you know i i i'd even preface this um though by saying it may not be this way for much longer but for now it is this way where we are worried about where things are, where information resides within the actual documents Mm -hmm. so that we can actually say, here's the natural progression of like, here's the ceiling, you know, here's the RCPs, then, you know, the RCP details, you know, or, or like an enlarged RCP plan to get into granular details. And then here are like all of the soffit details or the bulkheads, or here's where radiant panels lie and blah, 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 blah. And so it's just like, okay, those make, you know, natural progression in our 2D world. Now, once we start moving on to the model-based delivery method that we have talked about, oh, so hoping that it happens sometime in the not-too-distant future, then it'll be a different conversation about how we present the material, how we present. Will it be the model with a set of design intent documents? Or will it be just the model itself? I mean, how do we present to them how what all of our overall design intent are, what all of the important areas that we really want them to pay attention to that are slightly different than like, you know, industry standard or normal detailing and highlight those particular things. So those are the things that are going to be interesting in how we evolve the documentation for the delivery method. Yeah. Absolutely. But but it's but it's also it's that agreeing upon this notion that where is the right place for them to reside now that is sort of causing me a little bit of just grief of just making sure that when I'm presenting my set of documents, that I'm presenting the set of documents in a clear and concise manner that they know exactly A, my design intent, 
and B, those deviations from the norm. Yeah, um, I mean, I, if I could jump in on this, I think that the, I mean, documents are, are designed to communicate, right? Yeah. And so yeah. a template isn't going to cover every possible project or, you know. Right. That That's it. It's just not going to. Usually, like what how we position our template is that it's a set of guidelines. And mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a starting point. If your project needs it to be different, make it different. And then tell us about it. Tell us why it needs to be different so that that can be taken into account in further development of said template. Um, because if we don't learn from all of those various ways in which things need to be documented, then we can't adjust and, and take the friction out of that process. Because mm-hmm. obviously that's what you're coming up against is like, why is it like this? It doesn't make sense on this project. It might make sense on other right. ones. Right. But that right. just right. needs to be the discussion point. Uh, and and honestly, like if you as the project architect need to figure out the best way to communicate what's in that set of drawings for that project, um, I feel like a lot of times we should just obviously we don't always know who the contractor is, but just ask them what they want. How do they want to see it? How, what what makes sense for them? Because they're the ones who are actually going to have to read this communication document and build right. from it. And so I think a lot of times we get kind of stuck going in circles in our own studios trying to define, you know, quote unquote, the best way to present this information. And it might not, it might be the best way for us. And if that's all we're trying to solve, fine. But if we're actually trying to communicate a design that actually has to get built, then you got to just just ask, (laughs) ask the person who's going to build it, how they want to see it. I feel like there's so much that we could do in this profession to number one, build trust, but number two, give them what they need so that they can build the thing. And somewhere in the middle is this just big, hairy-ass problem of agency review, uh, which is typically what we're solving for, not the actual final built um, edifice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and thing about it that raise a good point is you know not only are you designing these documents for the contractor themselves which i look at it this way that you know you you really just listen to them you let them talk about you know hey how are how are you presenting these documents to your trades Mm -hmm. you know you've got all of these sub trades we tell you i don't know countless hundreds of times give the the roofing guy all of the documents and they're like well he doesn't need all the documents and if i print them all out it's going to cost me a whole lot of money like, yes, but then they can coordinate with the mechanical package. They can coordinate with, you know, the facade guys. They can coordinate with all of these other guys. Yep. And so, but they're like, yeah, but yeah, I'm only going to be giving them your five set of. They uh, compartmentalize it down to, yeah. to make it as, you know, quote unquote simple as possible. And it's right. failing to realize that this is a multifaceted, multifaceted interdisciplinary <laughs> yep. profession. Yep. Like it, yep. it is big picture, man. Come on, people. Zoom yeah, out. Exactly. I mean, because, yeah. So did yeah. you reorder the sheets? Uh, reordered a few just to make that a little bit more logical and where they are within the, you know, the kind of like overall context. And if you're talking about Revit, then you're talking about uh, auto-sorting the project browser, <laughs> which is yeah. a, a crappy thing to have to deal with. And then you're talking about printing a certain sheet order which is another mm. crappy thing to deal with. Uh, it's just like, pe- there's so much kind have, of like, real cost to these decisions that people don't realize, yeah. Up, you know. And then, yeah, and then when you have a thousand and one different submissions that you've done, like we have, 
then you know you also have to make sure that you've got the sorting parameter set up yep. that not only do you have your sorting parameter set up and all of the sheets that are supposed to be in there checked but make sure that all of your consultants have that as well right. which is currently what we're struggling with because it's a hard problem to solve they, they i mean it is wow but yeah, yeah. I, I think you still need to have the flexibility to modify it based on your project and then learn from that and like yeah. somehow get that back into the system as a potential way forward it doesn't have to be the way forward it does it, it's so interesting because it, it brings me back to this I think about this experience that I had where our studio worked directly with a contractor who we were working with on several projects to say like, hey, okay, we're coming, we're basically redefining some of our standards. We want to know what you want to see. Okay, so when it comes to, let's just pick one, dimensioning uh, wall framing, right? What do you want to see as the contractor? What makes the most sense to you? And they're like, well, is it wood or is it metal? Right. Uh, and so, okay, this one, because it's higher ed, we're going to say it's going to be metal studs, right? It's not going to mm-hmm. be wood um, because you would approach these two things differently in your documentation mm-hmm. of them, right? On yep. a wood stud, you would probably dimension to the edge of stud because you can't see through it, right? On a metal stud, they've got these holes punched in them and you can actually see in the track, you could line it up with a mark on the ground, right? And that's what they said. They said, okay, if it's metal stud building dimension to the center line of the walls uh, for interior walls, obviously, and edge of slab for exterior dimensions or edge of stud, depending. Grid lines aren't real. Don't care about those. (laughs) Stuff like that, right? And go through this entire process and it's like, okay, all that makes sense. Totally makes sense. We're going to do that. And then crusty old studio leaders like but i've never done i agree with all that but i've never done it like that and i'm not going to start therefore everybody in the studio must do it my way and it's like but then what why did we even have this conversation and why (laughs) and why can you make like this ultimatum this this decision that overrides everything that we just discussed and wastes all and basically just throws that entire discussion into the waste bin how does one person have that much power in a in a team environment. And I guess, you know, at some level, somebody has to make a decision. But when that decision is like the opposite thing that everybody just agreed was the right way forward. Right. Makes no sense to me. That is a very frustrating part of our profession. Yes, absolutely. Because like, seriously, when someone's, you've got a young designer working on a project and they want to know how to dimension a set of drawings, like, It just has to be crystal clear. Here's how you do it on this project. It doesn't mean it has to be the same on every project, right? If the materials are different, then you do it differently. But that mentality of this is how we've always done it and overriding, this is the right way to do it starting now. Uh, We're actually making adjustments based on current state is such a frustrating experience to go through. And it it doesn't happen that often, but when it happens, man, it's like stubbing your toe in the middle of the night, right? When you kick the the corner of the bed with your pinky, it's like so painful. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I I don't know. I don't, it, it does. I think this goes back to our earlier topic about finding common ground. It's, you've got to find that way forward. And then kind of re you got to do this at the beginning of the discussion you got to do it at the end of the discussion we're all in this mm-hmm. together yep right yeah here are all of our various personal experiences okay how are we going to move forward together 
And our profession could use a heck of a lot more than that. And what I mean by that is, uh, and we've talked about it on this show before, is when our firms are making decisions, we need to be sharing that with other firms so that we can create professional standards. Right. So we can all move forward together and like stop thinking about that stuff (laughs) and move on to more interesting problems. Yes. And to me, a more interesting problem is like what you what you were talking about with like a model based delivery. Like, how do we actually solve that? Where everybody's talking about right. it, and, and you know, there is some really interesting int- stuff going on out there. I think in yeah. that in that realm, I'd, I'd really like to pick the brains of the people who are attempting to do that now. I, I still, I guess, right now, I'm not understanding or fathoming the. Okay, there still has got to be some level of documentation of this of a system or a detail or something that you know you've spent more time modifying it from or customizing it let's call it that from this the standard or the norm and you now want to do something a little bit differently so maybe you got to document that but overall you know i mean hell you know a partition is a partition is a partition i mean shit there you know you just tell me where the partition is you tell me what type of partition and you tell me what type of um, what, what are the parameters? What are the, you know, you know, what are the code or UL or, um, you know, ASTM things that we need to follow for, you know, this particular partition, Mm -hmm. you know, is there an STC rating or something like that? We're not going to, you know, we as architects aren't going to reinvent the wheel for, you know, if I need a STC 60 wall that is also two hours that also has a window in it and a door and all those other things. I mean, we're going to just find all of the assemblies that conform to our design standards, put them all together and put them in that wall and call it a day. But we don't necessarily, I mean, as long as we're clear on exactly how to achieve that assembly, the testing itself, the um, all of the different assembly information that we have, that's just going to come straight from the manufacturer. That's going to go straight to the contractor and they're going to build it the way that they're told how to build it for the manufacturer to conform to that particular criteria yeah why do we actually have to do all of that no, why do we have to yeah I repeat that information right i i agree with that and i think that that's the cya kind of stuff that goes yes. into our documents when it's you can't complain that we don't lay out every little piece of the assembly because there's so much information already that we're dealing with it's like mm-hmm. we have to deal in levels of abstraction because if we right. don't I can, and I think that's one of the most interesting things about what we do is our ability to deal in different levels of abstraction, whether it's all the way down to the nuts and bolts of how this thing goes together, all the way zoomed out of like, yep, it's just a wall. Like, who cares what it's made out of yet? That to me is, I think, one of the most interesting things about being an architect. And even, you know, it goes way, it zooms out way further than that and talk about like, what are you trying to achieve with this project? What are your hopes and desires? What other things can we do with this? Like, and then you go all the way down to making it real. Like, it's it's a very interesting process. And I, I think it, right. it's weird right. how, how people in the middle of that get caught up in all of that kind of information embedding when it's just completely unnecessary because you can it's (laughs) it's like 
It's like today, you know, my son is going through a math class and he's like, what do I need to learn this for? I would look it up. And I'm like, you're right. Like, yeah, I can't yeah. argue that. Or I would use a calculator, right? And it's like, yeah, like that's the modern world yeah. that we live in. Now, yeah. there are like really great lessons to be learned to get to that point and that you should understand the foundational kind of levels of this kind of information. But it doesn't mean that Number one, you need to use it in the future. Um, and number two, like like you should be able to rely on these other sources of information so that you're not duplicating this effort everywhere. Mm-hmm. Because I man, there's it's like seriously, you want us to get like everybody's selling this this lovely idea of like level five hundred models, right? And it's yeah. like holy crap! You like there's so much that you have to think about to get to that, and then. Was it even worth it? Should definitely be a question on the table every single time. Is it even worth it? Because there's a lot of customers and clients out there and owners asking for this stuff because they they heard it somewhere, honestly. And then everybody goes through the extreme pain and trouble of actually doing that. And then it just sits in a folder on a computer somewhere and no one ever opens it up, right? But they asked for it, so you got to deliver it because we agreed. Yeah makes no sense so so i will say this that the the response i usually give my kids about the whole math thing because i i i'm in your camp i'm in their camp and it's like yes i will be using a calculator for this i will be looking it up i'm going to i reference books and websites and product information all the time so i'm not i don't need to remember every single thing and you can't but and you can't the you know and specifically about math and you know some of the rationales that I have to give the the soon to be thirteen year old is that I have to it's about thinking about the process it's thinking through the process yeah. and making sure that you're detail oriented on all of the different things that get you to that solution that yeah you could probably throw into a calculator but it's teaching you how to look through the process and make sure that you've checked everything off because it may not, you may not be a mathematician, you may not be a physicist or something like that, but that kind of like critical thinking through the path to get from point A to point B is really what it's all about. It's really trying to understand those things. I agree. And I think it's, these two things really don't equate, right? Comparing the math to the professional stuff that we're doing, but but well, it does. because I think on the on the high school level, or let's just call it that for now, you are you are actually saying like, well, you don't just trust the answer it gives you, like know how it got that, so that you right. can, right. because I think that is a big <laughs> issue in our society is people just trust every freaking thing they read and everything mm-hmm. that they see. It's like, well, it's out, it's on the internet, it must be true, yep. right? Yep. It's on Wikipedia, it must be true. Uh, the answer that the thing gave me is this, so it must be true. Without any kind of, like like we're talking about, understanding of how it got there. How did how did that happen? In, in our case, I think on the professional level, and why I say it doesn't really equate, is because we are acting as professionals, and we need to be able to trust and rely upon these other sources of information mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. we don't have to go through all of that stuff because we we just physically can't. Like Like, if you are... If you are saying this is this kind of assembly, you are relying on those other third-party tests to be accurate and represented accurately. Uh, and and if they're not, yes. like that can't be your fault. Yes, yes, true. However, 
and this is my only like however of this is that if say what is this assembly right here supposed to be well that's a two-hour assembly and it would be this that's what you know ul says it needs to be and this is what the assembly should look like so yes we're relying on that i want them to understand why it has to be a two-hour assembly what are all of the different factors that says that this partition right here needs to be more than just a standard wall and what are all of the factors in that and so that's the like the the thread that i want them to pull to find out the more information about why it is that it is because i don't need for them to understand the assembly of the wall i need them to understand why that wall needs to be what it is mm -hmm. and if they're like saying i'm going to do an assembly for a mechanical room okay if the mechanical room is x it could be this but if the mechanical room is y it'll have to be this and then if it has to be that it then needs this and then it needs this kind of hardware and then it just like and so i i want them to start thinking about the critical aspects of like the ramifications of like all oh, the little details and so that's why what does that know, line on the I'm, page actually mean yeah yeah, yeah. yes back to that yes. discussion know what you're drawing yeah yep yes <laughs> yeah that's a tough, it's just hard to stay up on all that stuff too. Like how often do you need to revisit that? Every project probably. <laughs> mm, every project. Yep. But you know, every well, project is a few, a few years apart. So, but yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it's weird to try to achieve that balance uh, from like, you know it, but now you're trying to make sure other people know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a tough, it's a, yeah, it's a tough profession. It's tough to be there because there's so much of like, I don't need to know that. Like it's that mentality. I don't want to know about that. I just want to draw the lines. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The why behind the, the what is, is a tough thing to get people interested in sometimes. Exactly. Cause it tends to be boring. Yeah. Yeah. It can be kind of, you know, and, and, and people want the glamour part of the job. Hmm. Is there such a thing? I don't know. <laughs>